Beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design, and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we are about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the world to see Jesus. Alright, so we start our series um, in the month of May. And it's called Demystify. 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 To demystify means to make something clear and easy to understand. To demystify means to make something clear and easy to understand. It means to explain something so that it is no longer confusing. To demystify means to make something clear and easy to understand. It means to explain so that it no longer confuses a person. We are teaching all through the month and I beg you that you are present for yourself in the service this morning. And that you make a decision to take what you receive and use it for yourself in your own life. Can we say amen? Amen. So we are teaching and I want you to respond to me. Just give me some energy as I teach. Alright? Alright, so we are teaching on the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that will happen is that all doubts will be cleared. Alright, you see, because you need the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You need him. Say, I need him. Alright, you need him. He's not, he's not an it. He's not a what. He's not, he's not, he's a person. Praise the Lord. And you need this person of the Holy Ghost. And so I'm going to be teaching you all through the month of May, month, Sunday, Wednesday, um, bringing clarity to the conversation. How many of you growing up were ever confused about the person of the Holy Spirit? Let's start from there. How many of you were ever confused about the person of the Holy Spirit? Great one. Thank you. Okay. How many of you were ever scared about him? Scared. They made you scared in church. Um, How many of you felt that the Holy Spirit, they told you that the Holy Spirit will find you out? He will catch you. He will find you out. And all of those things. Um, So, even if you did not have that kind of upbringing about the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, there would have been one way or the other some kind of confusion about his person, his ministry, and all of that. For example, some people would have thought that for the Holy Spirit to move through them, they have to be perfect. They have to have not made any mistakes. They have to have not made any errors. They have to be absolutely perfect for the Holy Spirit to use them or for the Holy Spirit to flow through them. Now, the reason why it will be important to demystify these things is that there are many benefits that accrue to the believer 
that you will be missing out on if there is no clarity on who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. And since May is a worker's month, we want to bring you the idea that the Holy Spirit was sent to work in your life. Alright? Whilst you rest, he is working. Praise the Lord. Whilst you're resting, he is working. Can we say amen? Amen. Alright? Even when we pray, it is the Holy Spirit who prays through us. Who helps us to pray. So, you're going to see um, a wonderful, wonderful um, conversation about this. Now listen, the essence, the goal of this conversation for lack of a better putting, is to build faith. I know that your faith can be built, but you understand, it's to build expectation. Alright? That's the first thing. Then the second thing is to build desire. Somebody say desire. Desire. Yeah, that's the goal. That's the goal for all of this. I'm going to be showing you things that you can experience in your life. That you should desire to experience in your life. So say this after me, I am not ordinary. Stay with me. There is no ounce of ordinary in my life. I want you to shout it out loud. I am not ordinary. There is nothing ordinary about my life. One more time. I am not ordinary. There is nothing ordinary about my life. So we look at that scripture in 1 John 5 and verse 13 there. And it starts out, so today what I'm going to do is, I'm going to first, I've given this like three compartments. The first compartment is that I'm going to show you just a little bit of the benefits of having the Holy Ghost in your life. Then, I'm going to answer some of the questions. So, number one will be benefits. Then number two will be to... Bring clarity as to what kind of person does the Holy Spirit use. How must they be? Who must they be? And the title of this episode is We the People. We the People. We the People. Um, I don't know how many of you have ever gone through the American Constitution. You would see We the People. It's, it's an idea that we are all collectively together. Alright? And when you look at Scripture... You will find out that there was, is it working now? Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. When you look at scripture, you will find out that the guys that experienced the manifestation of the Spirit in scripture were not from the moon, they were not superhuman. They were not extraordinary. They didn't have five heads and all of that. They were, they were people selected from amongst us. They were people just like us. You know, I love when scripture says that Elijah was a man of like passion. But he prayed and something happened. You know, what that means is he was somebody just like you. Had the same idiosyncrasies, the same experiences, the same feelings. Like you. So that's the concept and the idea for we the people. We the people. Alright. So the first thing we want to do is clear all doubts. We want to clear all doubts today. 
That's what we want to do. We want to clear all doubts. That's what the Holy Spirit will have us do. The question is who can experience the manifestation of the Spirit? What kind of person can experience the manifestation of the Spirit? Let's clear all doubts. Do you fit in? Your kind of person. Can you experience the manifestation of the Spirit? Should you even desire it? So who can experience the manifestation of the Spirit? Here's our goal. The goal is very simple. To get you to desire to experience the flood. That's the goal. To get you to desire to experience the flood. To get you to desire to experience the manifestations of the Spirit. 1 John 5. 1 John 5 now begins to tell us a few things about this. And I want us to just look at that. It says, These things I have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. That you may know that you have eternal life. So the first thing I want to ask you is that scripture is saying that you should know that you have eternal life. It's called eternal life. But then why is it not given to you after you die? It is called eternal life. And then he's saying, I'm writing these things to you. He's telling the church. Alright. Whoever he was writing to, he said, I'm writing, I feel the glory and the power of God. Wow, this is so good. This is so good. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to be blessed. Look, don't worry about anything. Just tell them, you're going to be blessed. And in the name of Jesus, there'll be a reign of understanding in this service. And many of you are going to leave this service desiring and yearning and experiencing way more. Amen. Hallelujah. So let, let me just teach because I'm enjoying this already. So it says, I write these things to you that you may know that you have eternal life. Now he calls it eternal life. But it is not life after death. I write these things that you may know that you have eternal life already. Why is it called eternal life if you have it now? Eternal life. Yet, it's available to you even now. Eternal life. But he wants you to know that you have it already. Why? The reason why is because eternal life is... You see, there are different kinds of life. There is the, the different levels of life. There is the animal life. There is the plant life. Alright? Then there is the natural human life. Okay? Then there is the God life. The God life is what is called eternal life. Eternal life is not something you're going to receive when you get to heaven. Eternal life is already imparted into your spirit the day that you got born again. The day you came to receive the life of God, eternal life was imparted into your spirit. Say this after me, I have eternal life. So eternal life is the quality of life that is reserved for God. The quality of life that is reserved for God. That life has been made available to you and is deposited into your spirits. 
It is not the life that you're going to receive after you die. It is the life that is already available to you. Can you say amen? amen? So I write these things to you that you may know. So there is something about the knowledge that you have eternal life. Now let me explain some things about this eternal life. Eternal life, alright, is the joining between your spirit and God's spirit. Eternal life is the oneness that exists between your spirit and God's spirit. Let me tell you something. Eternal life is as full as it is, constant as it is. Eternal life does not grow. Now let me say this other thing. Eternal life does not grow. It doesn't grow. So... Let me say this, and then some of you will stutter, then I, some of you will shiver, then I will now explain. Alright? So, when we say things like, grow spiritually, we, it doesn't make sense. Spiritual growth. Your spirit does not grow. Listen, eternal life has been given to you. I write these things that you may know, that you have eternal life. Eternal life is the same quality of life. Just listen, because some of you will be listening with religion on your cap. So just listen first. Then you can go back and study for yourself. Amen. Eternal life does not grow. You don't grow up spiritually. I'll show you in scripture. I'll show you a couple of things now. There's nothing like spiritual growth. Your spirit is already grown. Your spirit is one spirit with the Lord. They're looking at me now. Your spirit is, there's no such thing as spiritual growth. We use it as a terminology because we don't have any other phraseology to use. So we use it. Just like when somebody says, I feel the glory of God. You feel the glory. It's a, it's, it's such a, it's such, I don't know. It's an, it's such an elementary way of trying to explain. It's that we don't have the words to explain it. So we say, I feel the presence of God. You know, it's more than just a feeling. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's more than that. So when, when a person says, um, when scripture says, I write these things to you that you may know that you have eternal life. Alright? Can you upgrade the life of God? Oh boy, y'all are not talking to me right now. Can you upgrade the Is there something you can do to upgrade the life of God? Is there something you can do? You can introduce something. No, you, you tell the Lord, you see, because anything you cannot tell God to do, you shouldn't tell yourself. So you tell God to study more so he can grow. You tell God, listen, you tell God to study more so he can grow spiritually. See how all of you are looking at me. Can you tell God to study more so he can grow spiritually? Can you tell God to pray more so he can grow spiritually? Eternal life does not grow. Eternal life is the same life that God has. The same life that God has is what has been deposited into your spirits. It doesn't grow. So what grows then? Your mind. You understand? It's your mind. Your spirit is one with God. The same quality of life. The same deposits. It's eternal life. It's not a junior life. When you receive the Holy Ghost, you didn't receive a junior Holy Ghost. You received the same Holy Ghost. And you hear what I'm saying? Your, your spirit is one with the Lord already. 
You're joined together with him. You are one with him. You have, that's why John is saying, I've written these things that you may know that you have eternal life. It's important that you know that your spirit is one with the Lord. Say this with me, my spirit is one with the Lord. You are not growing. So that thing we say, grow spiritually, grow up spiritually. You are already, your spirit is already united with the Lord. I'm sharing benefits now. I'm on the benefit aspect. Your spirit is already united with the Lord. Look, let me tell you. When we see the Lord's spirit and we see you, there's no difference. None at all. None at all. Listen, let me say this again. Whatever the Holy Spirit can accomplish, and you go check scripture, what, what did the Holy Spirit accomplish? What were the things he did? Anything the Holy Spirit can accomplish, the believer can also accomplish. Listen, if you get this, I'm sharing the benefits with you now. There is a day that has come. It's not coming, it has come. Where we will see people experience multiplication. Just like Jesus did to the five loaves and two fish. It's the same spirit. It's the same spirit. It's the same spirit. Some of you, you know, we honor and love Jesus. Because he did not just come to show us himself as a superstar. He came to show us ourselves in Himself. That's why Scripture says, as He is, so are we. What He could do, we can also do. Let me tell you this. If you're not growing up in your knowledge of the things of the Spirit, you're doing yourself a major disservice. I want to show you a few things. So, say this after me. I have eternal life. No, no, no. Say it boldly now. Come on. You know, you, know, you know what I always tell you? The Holy Spirit is taking you now and showing you your estates. See, that's yours and that's yours. This is yours and that's yours. How many of you, if they take you and show you a very nice estate, you know, um, is Banana Island an estate? So, they show you one nice like a couple of apartments in Banana Island. Alright? And then, you say, that's yours, that's yours. And when you come out, you know, you, you're still, you're begging on the road. How many of you do that? You beg on the road. You, 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 you beg, you know, you really beg on the road. How many of you would do that? <laughs> I, I know some of you. Now, there, there are a couple of things that I'm going to say to you. That is going to be very beneficial. Let's look at scripture. Let's look at a few scriptures. Let's look at a few scriptures. Ephesians 1 and verse 23. We look at that from the uh, message translation. Ephesians 1 and verse 23. From the message translation. Ephesians 1 and verse 23. I like what it says because I want to just read that to you. Is it up? Okay, awesome, awesome. Let's read it together. One, two, go. The church, please, I want you to look up to the screen, please. One, two, go. The church, you see, is not what? All right, to the world. The world is what? And what? The church is Christ's body, which he speaks, in which he what? Speaks and acts. 
by which he fills everything with his words. Let's read that again. Want to go. The church you see is not what? To the world. The world is to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts by which he feels everything. You know what this scripture is saying? The church does not depend on the world. The world depends on the church. Let me put it like this. The church is not inferior to the world. The world is, in quote, inferior to the church. The church is not junior to the world. You better let scripture talk to you. The many of you seated here now under the sound of my voice. Who still think that you are missing something by being a Jesus freak? By being a Jesus fanatic? By being a Jesus minded person? You still think you are missing something? In fact, there are many of you sitting here. Whom your greatest voice and your greatest influence is a secular artist or a secular musician. or a secular, the, the, Your biggest, um, your biggest um, desire... Your biggest inspiration is from the world. I love how it was put by some Pastor Topper in, in London. He says this. He says that, that Babylon always shops from Zion. Think about it. Babylon always comes to Zion to shop. That's the reason why if you find anyone who is doing big in the music industry, big in the whatever industry, fashion industry, guess what? They all came out of the church. They all came out of the church. All of them came out of the church. You find anybody who is doing amazingly well and doing successfully, go check them. They all have roots in the church. What do you think happened? Babylon likes to shop from, the, from Zion. So, look at this. Some of you have not, it has not settled in your spirit yet. There are some people who are only very faithful in church because they've no hammered. They, they're, only, they're only committed to the things of God at a young age now because hammer has not come. I heard some very amazing conversations yesterday. A pastor traveled to Manila in the Philippines. And his protocol officer, his protocol officer, his, say that with me, protocol officer. The man that they gave as his protocol officer, who was driving him, as they were driving through the city, the man said to him, that's my shop, and that's my shop, and that's my shop, and that's my shop, uh-uh. and that's my shop. The guy had to stop say, wait, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. What are you talking about? That's my shop, that's my shop, that's my shop, that's my shop. The power of God is going to come on you very mightily today. I can sense it. Alright, that's my shop. That's my stuff. That's my stuff. And the guy said, hold on, hold on. Ah, you've been pointing at different things since. What are you talking about? And then, how many of these kinds of stores do you own in this city? He said, 26. Ah, and you are my protocol officer. <laughs> you are still my protocol officer. 26. And the guy was driving humbly. Then guess what? He protocoled him, you know, and then of course, trust, trust the man of God. man of God said, you know what, from now, I give you the permission to speak into my life. I, I give you, I, let's talk. Forget this protocol matter, let's talk now. 
And they, while they were going, alright, they had done a couple of, he stayed there for two weeks. They had done a couple of days in the city. And then guess what? They had to drive outskirts of town. Alright, into a resort. There were over 10,000 people that had gathered from different churches. And the municipal, that's the, the pastor in charge of all the provinces and all the churches that came. Alright, walked up to the guest speaker and said, this man owns this resort. He gave it to the church. It's a resort. A beautiful resort. Lovely resort. <laughs> pastor turned to his protocol officer. I said, there are things we need to discuss. The resorts that the church was using belonged to the man. He gave to the church. Yet he's still the driver. He's driving himself. He didn't assign it. He's driving. And then by the time they finished and, and came back... <laughs> You know, um, the man said to the pastor, he said, Pastor, to be honest, I don't like this hotel. <laughs> I have a prophet's chalet in my house. Do you mind? Yes, I'm with you already. <laughs> Let's go. And that was how they started. He, was, he said, look, let me tell you. I can heal the sick. I lay hands on the sick, they recover. I can heal the sick. I can heal anything demonic. I can cast out devils. Don't worry. Eh? But you, you, you. I want you to teach me money. I'll lay hands on you. You will receive the ability to minister healing. Eh? I want you to impart me with the, with the anointing for finances. You see, if you are not, if you don't understand, and I'm telling you, if you don't understand this thing that I'm sharing with you, all that is bringing you to church is, oh, God, when? God, when? God, when? But you see, let me tell you, your life will move faster and quicker if the gospel is at the forefront of it. If the gospel is your engine, the gospel is your gas, your life will move forward faster and quicker. Say, Amen. amen. You've got to understand. So, the goal now is not that now you're so busy you don't show up in church anymore. The goal rather is that you're so, so wealthy on the outside, alright? And people who behave like that are people who don't have understanding of these things I'm sharing with you. The goal is that you are so wealthy, you're so rich, you're so, yet you're so submissive to the things of God. Which mouth would the pastor used to tell the man? Come and drive our guest. If not that the man already by himself has already, already has that spirit of humility. Which mouth? So some people are just in church because they, they, they have no hammered. All this, we are seeing you on Saturday. We are seeing you on Sunday morning. is because you are not yet busy. The moment you get busy, and nobody sees you again. Look at the conversation. The church that you see. And I'm, I'm sharing benefits with you now. Are you with me? The church that you see is not peripheral to the world. Does not rely on the world. Does not depend on the world. 
And until you get it into your brilliant mind, you're going to be making a lot of mistakes in your life. They fix a meeting on Sunday morning you attend. Are you alright? Sunday morning. Go and ask. I keep saying this thing. Go and ask those Muslim guys. Fix a meeting at 1 o'clock on Friday. In fact, on Friday, any of you who has done anything, government, work, or whatever, go and check. Abuja, check. Lagos. Friday, you will not see a single soul that is malo in the office. Friday from 12.30, they're out. I wanted to show you some pictures. You have those pictures? You have them? I hope it's not going to distort so much. Let me just show them some of these pictures. And then we'll come back to what we're sharing. Are you being blessed? I have a long way to go, but you're going to be patient with me. This is going to bless you. Amen. So, my friend and I, my business partner now, <laughs> you know, yeah, he's my business partner now. Um, yeah, because we only just started doing business together on Friday. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Ah, rejoice with me now. You know, we were talking, we were just sharing, and we, I just love to talk. Pastor Tosin, if we talk, oh boy, sometimes, <laughs> when Pastor Tosin calls me, I'll just, because I'm not ready to gist for that long first, I'll first chill first, then now take his call much later, when I'm ready to gist. Alright? Because two hours will not finish. So he was talking and gisting, he was just gisting and just gisting and just talking. And then he told me, he said, man of God, if I tell you what's going on in this town, you won't believe it. This is a church in Yola, in the town, just not far from where his church is. The Boko Haram people came and destroyed their church. Beat people, killed people. You know, I told you, we're going to start a Grace Made Grace Stories um, in a couple of days from now. This is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Beat them, destroy them. This guy said, hmm, you have not even started to beat us. You will beat till you are tired. And guess what they did? Just keep putting some of those pictures. He's, this is one of Pastor Tosin's pastor. He's a medical doctor as well. He went to that church. This is the church. Look at what they need. This is where they sit. And you see, this is their church. We're not talking about something from the past century. We're talking about something that is happening as of yesterday. This is their church. Keep going if you can. Keep going if you can. That's the pulpit. <laughs> Guess what? They come. You're comfortable. We put six cover. <laughs> hmm? And then every day, somebody has to call you, follow you up. Are you going to come to church? Are you going to come to church? Are you going to come to church? It has not clicked yet. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's what some people are doing to be in service every Sunday. Every Wednesday. We're not even talking about AC now. AC what? AC. <laughs> Let's do service first. Now, no, 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 no. This is not to make you... See, this is to stir you up. And to let you know there is what? There is more. Yeah, just chill. Just calm. Just... Let me tell you. I pray in the name of Jesus. That there will be a, a hunger for the things of the Spirit. 
It will be so fresh in your heart every day. Every day. You will desire the things of the Spirit. You will desire the things of the Spirit. You desire the things of the Spirit. You desire the things of the Spirit. So mightily you will desire the things of the Spirit. You get tired of the ordinary life. And you desire the things of the Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Just, just, just look at that. When I saw this, I said, no, this, this is terrible. And guess what? They are coming. They are coming. Something has caught a hold of their spirits. That beyond the leisure and the comforts, beyond whatever it is and all of that, we are believers, children of the Most High God. We do not measure the love of God by our circumstance. No, the love of God is independent of my circumstance. I'm the one whom Jesus loves. I'm the one whom Jesus loves. I'm the one whom Jesus loves. Glory to God. So let's put that scripture back up. Ephesians 1 and verse 23. It says, the world does not depend on the, um, the church does not depend on the world. But the world draws their influence, draws their inference, draws everything from the church. Their inspiration. You know, sometimes I wonder, why is it that we have to go and get the sound and the inspiration from the world? So you hear our musicians, I mean, and everything. Why? Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't, but I'm saying where is original content? So let's, let's continue. Are you, are, you going, are you enjoying this already? Are you sure? Alright, let's look at Colossians chapter 1. All of this that I'm using, I'm using it to explain the conversation about you having eternal life. Say this with me, I have eternal life. Oh, I want you to shout it out loud. I have eternal life. Say it again. I have eternal life. Alright. So, it is this life that we are trying to explain now. And then we went on here to say that this life makes you not to be dependent on the world for your validation. But the world gets their validation from you. It's such that God blesses you with resources, yet you are still a faithful believer. You know, there are many people who, when they get money and they're very rich, go and check the statistics, go and check. When people make money and they're very rich, they stop tithing. You know why? Because they were tithing out of fear before. It was not out of revelation, it was out of fear. Someone made them afraid. That's why I'm not going to make you afraid, whether about coming to church or about giving. The idea is not to make you afraid. The idea is to build a desire in your heart for it. Can you say amen? It's not to make you afraid. Of what benefits is making you afraid? So, we say that if you understand that you have eternal life, you would recognize that you are not subject to the world. The world draws their inspiration from you. Say amen. amen. 
So one day you are going to give this world the best of your sophronismus from the spirits. You will come up with fresh ideas. You understand what I'm saying? You come up with inspired thoughts. Pastor Bolaji was sharing with us yesterday. I, I gave God thanks. It has not happened to us yet. Three months after they started church, they had to close down church. Because they couldn't afford 3,000 naira to pay for rent. 3,000 naira. A few couple of years down the line. This is his second 10 million he's giving in a space of two days. Acid. We're rising. You didn't hear what I said. I said we're rising. It's not normal eyes that we're using to do this world. We're rising. Can we say amen? amen? I was so encouraged. Oh, Pastor Bolaji just blessed me so much. I was so encouraged. You know, by the time I finished that meeting with him, I said, let's go, dear. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Shout this with me. I can do all things. So Colossians. Let's look at Colossians chapter number 1. Colossians 3, 1 to 2. Colossians 3, 1 to 2. Look at what it says. Let's read it together. I want to go. It says, If you then be reasoned with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ seated on the right hand of God. Verse 2. Set your affection on things above and not on things of earth. You see? So, I told you that your spirit is already grown. Say this after me. My spirit is already grown. I want you to shout it out loud. My spirit is already grown. Say it again. My spirit is already grown. There is no such thing as growing spiritually. <laughs> There's no such thing. When the Bible talks about you having eternal life, how many of you were here when we started? These things I write to you that you may know that you what? That you have eternal life. Eternal life is the same life that God has. Can you picture God growing up? So you cannot, there's nothing like I'm growing up in the spirit. I'm growing spiritually. So what happens then? It is your mind that is catching up with your spirit. Your mind is what is catching up with your spirits. That's why, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your spirit is already an adult. Your mind is catching up with the capacities of your spirit. Let me explain. Let me explain. By the spirit, Peter began to walk on water. With his mind, he started to sink. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. By the spirit, Peter began to walk on water. Okay, let me ask you a question. How did Adam, sweetheart, how did Adam learn how to name the birds? How did he know how to name the birds? How did he know? Did, did anybody take him through classes? Lift up your right hand. Lift up your left hand. Okay, talk like this. Okay, do this. How did he know? By the Spirit. He was one with the Lord. He didn't need coaching. He was already one with the Lord. It is when he fell. That now, we now have to start telling him, Adam, you cannot do this. Adam, you cannot. Do you understand? He's now, he's now, um, he's now at oneness with his humanness. 
But first, he was at oneness with his divinity. That's why he didn't take classes on what to call Eve. As he saw her, he knew what to call her. He didn't take classes on what to call the birds or what to call the fish. You go and try it. Let your mind name over 8 billion species. And you didn't give any of them the same name. You didn't call dog, 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 dog. For four animals that crawl on. One is wolf. One is dog. Another one is lion. And then you, you named over 8 billion like that. Plants do the same thing. I found out that there are how many species of roses? Close to how many? Very, a lot. You understand? And guess what? He was naming them. So all of you scientists now come out. You now start giving by, by, by what's that called? Botanical name. Please, keep, <laughs> keep your button. This guy was already schooled. Now, here's what scripture is telling us. You see this eternal life that you have received in your spirit. How to walk in it is that you set your mind on things above. Some of you, your minds are too much on earth. You're too aware of the, what they said in the news. You're too aware of what they said. You're too aware. In fact, you are more aware of those things than you are of where your mind ought to be. He said, put that scripture up. He said, set your mind on what? On things that are what? Above. What is he saying? Set your mind on the realities of eternal life. So that your mind can quickly catch up with what your spirit can do. Wow. Let me tell you. Hmm. This is good, this is good, this is good. Listen, when, you're, when a man dies, of course not you, because you're here for a long time. You know, I know scripture that says, with long life will he satisfy me. You, some of you don't understand that scripture. What it means is that until I am satisfied, with long life will he what? Satisfy me. So if I'm not satisfied, I'm not going anywhere. But let me explain. When a person checks out of this world, do you know that your spirit, the person's spirit, your spirit doesn't take classes. They just know everything. Ah, have you not asked yourself why? You, you, you just know where you are. The one who is not safe, who just know that he's in hell. Whoa, nobody's going to tell him, ah, hell is coming. And he said, take classes. This is how you're walking. He said, no, the guy just knows. And then, of course, when you get into heaven as well, you just know that you have arrived. And guess what? I was telling, I was telling you the other day. I said, you know things by heightened perception. Everything is increased by over a thousand degrees. Feelings, everything. That's the reason why if a person lands in hell, hi, yeah, yeah. the burning, if you pinch someone and they can feel this much, in hell is amplified by a thousand times. In heaven too, it's amplified by a thousand times. At least minimum. Let me explain another thing that you would, you would be, you'd be amazed at. When we get to heaven, if you see somebody that was in your family line on earth, you will know. Nobody will need to tell you. You will just know. You see your uncle from eight generations ago, you will know. That's my uncle. That's my, that's my <laughs> Nobody's going to tell you nothing. Nobody's going to inform you. Say, ah, that's, come, let's take you around. In fact, the way it happens is that as you're thinking it, as you're trying to think it, the answer is here. Like, as you're thinking, there's no way I can explain it to you. You see, because this body, this flesh, this body, is a limitation. 
But I'm, all I'm telling you is that when people check out of their body, they don't go through classes. They just know everything. That same spirit that knows everything like that is there now. Born again now. Full now. Do you understand? In you now. You are here. How do we know that your spirit is in you? Because you are alive. The moment a person is no longer alive, the spirit checks out. That spirit that we are talking about eh, walks through walls, does not know no limitations. Do you understand? Can, can see. Let me tell you. That spirit can see from it. Oh boy. Can see from a distance what is happening in Germany from here. Eh, 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 eh. Do you understand what I'm saying? What is happening in Germany? You know from here. It is you that the Bible says you have received eternal life. So, guess who needs to be schooled now? Guess what needs to be schooled? Your mind. Your mind is forever going to have to play catch up in understanding with what your spirit already knows. And the quicker, the better. Say amen. Amen. Put that scripture up. Don't go to the sides until I tell you to. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. Put your mind where your spirit already is. Put your mind where your spirit already is. Put your mind where your spirit already is. Now when scripture says you should set it, it's because you can set it. You can set your affection on things. When, when he says affection, what does he mean? Set your concerns. Set the things that trigger you on things above. The things that delight you. Let it be on things above. You can set it. That's why I say set it. Because you can set it. Not on things on earth. Let me tell you another scripture. You know what the scripture says? Um, whilst we look not on the things that are seen. Alright? But on the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are what? Temporary. He says, set your mind on the things that are seen are temporary. The things that are not seen are eternal. Let me explain. Once a thing moves from eternal to temporal to natural that you can see with your eyes, it becomes passing away. For example, somebody has given me this water. I'm not going to have this water forever. To be able to have this water again, my mind has to be on eternal. Oh boy, Jesus. You didn't get that. I know you didn't get it, but I'll say it again. All things that you would enjoy in your life, they are of the Spirit. Life is lived from the Spirit. Life, listen to me, is 100% spiritual. No, not 98.9. Let me explain. If you get a job by the Spirit... The moment that job becomes a physical thing, God is training you not to keep your eyes on it. Ah, some of you are not getting this. So that you will not be distracted. If your eyes are on the one who gave you the job, if he gave you the job, he'll give you another one. Let me explain. I feel utterance and I feel the glory of God. Listen, that is the reason Did you ever hear in your Bible that this guy called Isaac did not strive with them for the well? He did not strive with them. The Bible says he dug a well. 
And then the Philistines came and struggled with him for the well. He left it for them and went and dug another well. And then it was in a farming land. You've got to understand this. When he dug another well, they came again and they struggled with it for him. He left it. Went and dug another one. Why do you think he was leaving it? You guys can't actually take my well. My well is of the spirits. Do you understand? What you're seeing here is just a physical thing that actually shows, alright, what I have in my spirits. You guys are following the well that I've dug. Guess what? Why were they coming to strive for another one? Because every time Isaac moved, they are not in move with him. When he dug another well, guess what happened? The same oil that was in their well flowed into the new one. And then they came again until they realized that, look, it's no point striving with this guy. He's got the anointing we don't. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, when you understand these things, you, yes, you got a G-Wagon Brabus. That's where it stops. <laughs> That's where it stops. Alright? It has come and that's it. What is in my spirit is more than brabos. And that's why, you know, let me, let me just delve into something that I saw about three or four weeks ago. It's not my business, but I just want to talk about it. You know, it's not my business. I don't care about those things. But I saw one funny tweet by Bonaboy. You know, and he said... I'm looking for the next person to anoint to carry this thing. And I'm like, ah, oh God, calm down now. Yeah, I can't. How many of you saw that tweet? I'm, I'm looking for the next person to anoint, you know, to carry like my grace or my fire. I'm like, only one Grammy. One of One of there are people that have one, four, five, six, six, one, one, one. Already, that Iberaga has come calm down. Win at least ten. And no, 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 please, don't get me wrong. Oh, that's why I say it's not my business. Let me preach my message. Amen. Amen. That you want one is a great thing. I mean, I'm happy for you. But uh, we can do more now. Do you understand? You see, if you don't have this consciousness, you'll be quick to just rest on your laurels and say, you know, I've arrived, I've arrived. What have you arrived? We've arrived. You know what scripture says? It is that the nations will come to the church. Recently I was told that in, in, in London, uh, Pastor Toby is doing such an amazing work with Spark Nation. Everybody told him that the church cannot grow in London. It's tough, it's hard, hard ground. All right? Guess what? They're packing out halls. He said, when I came into London, okay, I didn't have but pennies. And I would go around and see, you know, clubs and people queuing, young people queuing up to go to the club. And I said, oh God, I want this to happen in church. Today, there's the same queue. Stretch of hours because people are trying to get into church in London. We're not talking about 40, 60 year olds, we're talking about 15, 20, 25 year olds in their prime wanting to be in church. The city, the city had to send representatives, the London police, and all the come and learn from these guys. 
when the Bible says that the mountain of the Lord's house will be exalted and the nations will flow to it. Some of you don't understand that the nations are supposed to learn science from you. They are supposed to learn industry from you. They are supposed to learn business from you. They are supposed to learn entrepreneurship from you. They are supposed to learn all of those things from you. They are supposed to learn them from you. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that's why the, the, the Lord wants to have you be filled with the Holy Ghost. Some of you might be trying to imitate people who by destiny should be learning from you. Because your eyes are too unto the natural. And there's no pride in it. Anybody who knows me know that I'm a student. I learn. But there are certain things that will come out of your spirit. That the Bible says like templates. It has not been seen before. It will only come from you. Say amen church. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I want to, I want to just I'll take you through. How many of you are being blessed by this? Let your heart be lifted. Let your soul be alive. Alright? There is more to your life. You know, isn't it amazing that somebody at 19 is already giving up? 19. 19. You're already tired of life. 19. 19. You want to, you want to check out. The devil is a liar. So he says, set your affection on things above. I need to move very quickly now because I, I have quite a few things. Set it on things above. Not on things beneath. Let me show you two more scriptures. And then probably be out of your way in that regard. First Corinthians. Chapter number 2. From verse 12 to 14. It's not in my, it's not in my stuff. First Corinthians chapter number 2. Let's do that very quickly, very quickly. First Corinthians chapter number 2, from verse 12. Awesome. Now let's read together one to go, shall we? It says, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we may know the things that are freely given to us of God. Can we read it again? It says, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we may know the things that are given, freely given to us of God. Next verse. Which things also we speak, see, they're freely given to us of God, and we speak about it. I'll share some very amazing things with us, but let's continue. Not in words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing what spiritual things with spiritual this is so good. How do I know where my life is headed? He didn't say comparing spiritual things with carnal things, with earthly things, with natural things. Oh boy. Look at this. Look at this. What is on God's notes? Compare with what is on your notes. Ah, it's the same. It's the same. Look, look at what people are doing. What is on God's notes? They are comparing with earthly things. Oh, my account is empty. That's, you see, the comparison must be spiritual things with spiritual things. Spirit to spirit. Spirit to spirit. 
Spirit talking, spirit listening. Spirit talking, spirit listening. Spirit talking, spirit listening. Spirit listening, spirit talking. Do you understand what I'm saying? Comparing spiritual with spiritual. If you, that's the right equation. If you change the equation and begin to compare spiritual things with carnal things, it won't fit. It's like taking a, a square hole or a round hole and trying to, do you understand what I'm saying? Putting it in there, whatever. It will not what? Fit. The notes is supposed to be spiritual with spiritual. Spiritual says, I am healed. Spiritual says, I am healed. Spiritual says, I am blessed. Spiritual says, I am blessed. The notes must match for there to be harmony. Do you understand what I'm saying? What he says compared to what I say, here's what people are saying. God is talking spiritual things. They are using canal mind to decode. Using, when I say canal, you know canal, oh boy, canal does not mean sinful law. Canal just means fleshly, earthly, natural. It doesn't have to be sinful for it to be canal. There were people in scripture who were not sinful yet. They were carnal. Carnal is simply that God is talking. For whatever reason, you can't believe what he's saying. Some of you might be your bank accounts. Some of, some of us might be how you grew up. Some of us might be, you know, the experiences you had as a child. Whatever it is the reason why God is talking. And then the notes are not matching. That's reach out to, to whatever. It says, comparing spiritual things to what? To spiritual things. If God talks to you in the spirit, you compare that with, you know, your spiritual reality. And let it line up like that. Can we shout amen? Amen. Look at, it says, not in man's wisdom, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Next verse. He says, oh boy, I want everybody to read this together out loud if you can, please. Want to go? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you see, me, I like them Bible be talking. He says, the natural man. Who is the natural man? The man who has set his affections on things on earth. The man who does not know that he has received eternal life. is a natural man. He says, the natural man. Isn't it amazing? The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit. For they are foolishness to him. Let me ask you a question. How many of you in the place of prayer has God ever told you that, for example, I don't know what, ex- what example to use, but God has told you something that is different from what you're experiencing now. Like, maybe your let's use an example. Maybe you've been, you've been denied something like three times. And then yet, every time you pray, God tells you it's yours. And that it's available. And that it has come. How many of you have ever experienced that? When you hear those things, does it sound very nice? It inspires you, but it sounds foolish. God is telling you that by the end of this year, you're going to have won 40 souls, or you're going to have won 15 souls, or you're going to have healed a blind person. Sounds like foolishness. I want to show you something, because... Some, there are some explanations that I need to give in this service today. It says the natural man. What does it mean to be a natural man? I'll show you. God is talking, but you're comparing it with your own notes. 
with what you know about yourself, with your own history, the natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit. He says, for they are, they are foolishness unto him, and he cannot know them, because they are spiritually descent. Meaning that the man who is going to receive the things of the Spirit must be on that same frequency. And listen, look at me please. It takes nothing at all to be on that same frequency. Nothing. The Bible says, the same spirit of faith, we believe and we speak. You also believe and you speak. Once you speak, you're on the same frequency. You didn't hear me. The moment you have the boldness to say what God says, you're on the same level. Oh, you didn't hear me. Guys, this thing is not a fasting and prayer matter. If we fast and pray, and I fast and pray, believe me. But if we fast and pray, it's so that we can boldly be able to speak. Because there are some things that will come, they will, they will sound too heavy. Your mouth cannot say them until you are full of the Holy Ghost. So our fasting and prayer is not to bring him down. It's as easy as he has spoken, I have spoken, boom, it's done. And to not be on the same frequency, he speaks, you say no. Because of how you feel, because of whatever. Have you ever wondered that Jesus could not do much in Nazareth? Nazareth, historians tell us, was a house, was, was a city with one street and eleven houses. Nazareth was a city with one street and eleven houses. Jesus could not do much in Nazareth. Why? Because of their what? Unbelief. Unbelief brings you down to the frequency of earth. Faith-filled words. Just learning to say what he says. Even if you're on your bed, you just woke up in the morning. You just woke up in the morning from sleep. And as you're there, you just say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are spiritual as anything. (laughs) You're on the same frequency, same voltage, same everything. You don't understand what I'm saying. Some of you think it's until smoke starts to come out of your ear. And electricity starts to... And then... That's not... No. And that's good for when it comes. You understand? But no. What does it take to be on his level? Just see what he says. So he says, The natural man cannot receive the things of the spirit. For they are spiritually descent. He cannot know them. Let me show you one last thing. First Corinthians. This one is not also in our stuff, so you bear with me, you know. First Corinthians twelve from verse seven. We'll read this one very fast. I just want to show one thing. That's why I'm I'm taking you through because I want to show one thing. Clear all doubts, amen. Let's read this together. I want to go. It says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit. Wow. Let's read again. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit. If, they, if you're a businessman and they tell you there's profit in this business, will you likely do it? Okay. Next verse. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom and to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. Next verse. To another, faith by the same Spirit. And to another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Next verse. To another, working of miracles. 
and to another prophecy, and to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, and to another what? Stop. So when you see inter okay, let me ask you a question, Benita come. If I come into church and I say I will be speaking and this is my interpreter, what does that tell you? It means that there is a knowledge gap in language that she's going to be helping us to interpret. Why am I saying this? Please, darling, go and sit down. Sorry, it wasn't in vain. It was important. <laughs> why am I saying this? The reason why I'm saying this is this. There are many people who say that speaking in tongues, that it is not like the original. That in the original, all right, there was, people could understand. Everybody could understand, right? People were hearing the, the different languages in different tongues, in different... True or false? Acts 2. We'll go there before we go. Alright? People could... But you see, what they don't realize is that whilst the Holy Spirit can manifest Himself like that, He's not limited to that. Because there is another part that now says to another interpretation of tongues, meaning if there needs to be an interpreter, it means that people are not understanding what I'm saying. It's not English language, it's not um, Spanish, it is not Yoruba, it is not Hausa, it is not the known language. So here's what those people do not understand, and this is where they make the mistake, okay? And let me just say, this is where people make that mistake, alright? That the Spirit of God manifested Himself like that on the day of Pentecost does not mean He's limited to that. For example, if I go into, there's been experiences like that. If I go into a city, you know, where I don't have an interpreter and they don't speak the language, alright, and the Lord really wants to reach the people with the word, He can give me their language. But that does not mean that that is the only expression or manifestation of the Spirit. There's also the interpretation of tongues, meaning as is being said, somebody doesn't know what is being said and somebody has to interpret it. For them to understand. Do you get it? Does it make sense? So we don't just restrict the flow of the Spirit to one area alone. We understand that there are also other areas where the Holy Spirit manifests. Is that clear? So how many of you understand that there is a profiting to benefit from the ministry of the Spirit now? Set your mind on things that are above. So having said that, let's now show you a couple of things. There's a guy in scripture named Peter. He is the we the people that this um, episode is about. This guy named Peter was as shy as shy can be. And he was as timid as timid can be. In fact, I want to begin to show you some things about this guy. Because why are we doing this episode? We're asking and answering the question, who is qualified to be used of God? Who is qualified to experience the manifestation of the Spirit? 
Who is qualified? Let me tell you what religion will tell you. Before the spirit moves through you, you must have dotted all your I's and crossed your T's. Not true. Before you experience the manifestation of the spirit, you have to be flawless. As a person or as an individual, no mistakes, no errors is not true. You only have to be flawless in your recognition of the finished work. The only place where flawlessness is accepted is in your beholding the lamb slain. Flawlessly behold the lamb slain and all your flaws will be rolled away. Oh, let me say that again. If you flawlessly look at the lamb slain, all your flaws become a thing of the past. So we want to look at this guy. Let me show you some scriptures about him. Are you ready? Hey church, are you ready? Some of you are not talking to me. Are you ready? How many of you know that scripture where Peter had received Jesus on his boat. I want to start from that. Where Peter had received Jesus on his boat, and he couldn't catch fish all night long. All right? Luke 5, let's look at Luke chapter number 5 from verse 8. Luke 5 and verse 8. Let's start from verse 1. Yeah, that's it. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of the Lord, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, verse 2, and saw two sheep. Standing by the lake, please, I want you to notice something as we read. Look at me, everybody, please. Look up at me, please. This is Peter's entry point into the experience of the Spirit. This is his first introduction. This first introduction follows through in all of his journey. Are we together? All right, let's continue. And he saw two sheep standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and was washing their nets. And he entered into one of the sheaves, and which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would trust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the sheep. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. Go back, go back to that. I want to speak a word of prophecy. Every time God is flooding your life with provision, it's always more than you can handle. Say amen. amen. The provisions of God for you in this week will always be more than you can handle. It says now... He had left speaking, and he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the nights, and we have nothing. 
Nevertheless, at your word, I would let down the nets. Verse 6. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their nets break. And they beckoned on their partners, which were in the other ship, and they should, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, the two ships, so that as a result of the feeling, they began to sink. Next verse. Read this together, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Read it with energy and conviction. Let's read it together. I want to go. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. What manner of man was Peter? Did he stop the manifestation of the Spirit? Which one came first? His repentance or the manifestation of the Spirit? So we we can follow safely from reading that text. I didn't write it because some of you are holier than God. That's the reason why you look at me the way you look at me. As though we are twisting something. I didn't write it. God, Jesus, Jesus was standing in front of this man and did not say because you're, you think Jesus didn't know he was a sinful man? How many of you think Jesus did not know that he was a sinful man? Okay, so Jesus knew he was a sinful man, yet flooded his, his, his life with a lot of resource. So which one came first, the repentance or the provision? So it was the repentance that followed the provision. This was the manner of man that Peter started out to be. A man with flaws. Yet, his flaws did not stop the flood of the glory and the manifestation of the Spirit in his life. Because when it comes to grace, it is the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. It is not your repentance that produces the goodness of God. It is the goodness of God to you that makes you lift up your hand and say, I am but a sinful man. So, repentance is not what we do. Many times we are saying we are repenting and we think that repentance is soberness. No. Repentance is not you are sober. You can be sober. It's okay. But you don't need to be sober to repent. Repentance is simply metanoia, which is change your mind. So if you are sober and you've not changed your mind, you've not repented. If you're sober, you're sober. There are many of you who who take soberness like a drug that only douses your guilt for a few weeks. So you do something wrong and for three weeks you don't pray, you don't do anything. And you think that that is what really, you know, that he sees that you've not prayed. He'll now start to pity you and say, ah, let me, let me remove. No. After you've done that and you don't repent, repentance is change your mind. So change your mind from the way you see God to the way you see him now. You think he's rough, now you see him as good. You think he's, he's you know, all of, do you understand what I'm saying? It's change your mind, change your mind. If you're sober from now till tomorrow and you don't change your mind, it's as frustrating as somebody saying, I'm sorry, and they don't change their action. So your mind is not being sober. Your mind is to change and see the goodness of God. Can we say amen? Amen. Change your mind. So he repented after God had been good to him. First introduction. That's where we first see Peter. Now, let's go further. 
This same Peter, Jesus in Luke 22:31, I'll soon be done. I have just two more scriptures to read. Two or three more scriptures to read and I'll be done. Can you indulge me for a bit? How many of you can indulge me for a bit? Thank you. Luke 22, 31 to 34. And the Lord said unto Simon, 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 behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Next verse. But I have prayed for you, that your faith will not fail, and when you are converted, strengthen, strengthen your brethren. Next verse. Look at what Peter said. Let's read it together. I want to go. Mm-hmm. Wow. Good guy. Ready to go with you. When, when Jesus was telling him, Jesus could foresee what he was going to do. I was telling him, look at the guy boasting in himself. Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. He was presuming on his own faithfulness, on his own goodness. God was saying, trust me. He was saying, no, I trust myself. God was saying, no, 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 rely on me. Peter said, I'm good, I'm bad all by myself. Now let's look at another one. John 18, 15 to 18. This is the hard guy. Don't forget this scripture. I'm willing to go with you. Both to prison and to death. We the people. And Simon Peter followed Jesus. And so did other disciples. That disciple was known unto the high priest. John is just a boaster. Let's look at him. And went in with Jesus into the place of the high priest. <laughs> but Peter stood at the door without. Then went out that disciple, which was known unto the high priest, and spake unto her that kept the door, and brought in Peter, John, by <laughs> there. You see, Peter's matter starts with him not being able to enter. It was John that went to bring him in. He said, come in now. Come in, sir. Why are you upset? <laughs> He's the guy that says he's ready to go both to prison and to death. Let's continue. Then the damsel, then said the damsel, a small girl. Damsel is a little girl. That kept the door unto Peter. Are thou not also one of this man's disciples? What did he say? Next verse. You see, oh, we the people, this is the kind of person. And the servant, and the servant officer there, who made a fire of coals, for he was cold, and they warmed themselves. And Peter stood with them and warmed himself. When you begin to warm yourself around the fires of the enemy. Look at, that's what Peter is doing. He was warming himself around the wrong place. Next verse. And, next verse, verse 19. The high priest then asked the, the disciples of his doctrine. Next verse. And, no, no, no. Where, where did you go? Did you skip anything? Did you? 
Go to verse 18. Okay, next verse. Then the high priest asked Jesus of his disciples and his doctrine. Next verse. And Jesus answered him and spake. I spake openly to the world. I ever taught in the synagogue and the temple. Whither the Jews always resort. And in the secret have I said nothing. Next verse. Why do you ask me? Ask them which heard me. What I have said unto them. Behold, they know what I said. Next verse. And when he had thus spoken, one of the officers which stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, I said down the priest so. Next verse. Jesus answered him, If I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why do you smite me? Next verse. Now Ananias had him sent had sent him bound to Caiaphas the high priest, verse 25. And Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. They said unto him, Art thou not also one of his disciples? And he denied it and said, What? As the matter they hurt. Now so the guy they withdraw. As he they hurt. The guy was withdrawing. I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. As the matter said, getting real. So was Peter withdrawing. And we know the story. He did that what? Three times. But guess what? Look at the loving Savior. Mark 16 and verse 7. Please follow this. This plane is about to land. And I want you to get every bit of it. It's going to bless you. Let's read together. Want to go. But go your way. Tell his disciples and Peter... That he goes before you into Galilee. There shall you see him as he said unto you. Let's go to verse 6 so we can give it context. Verse 6. And he said unto them, Be not afraid. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is what? Reason. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. Next verse. But go your way. And tell his disciples. And why Peter? Why, why did they isolate Peter? Number one. He says go and tell the disciples. And Peter. Because, because of what Peter had done. He did not consider himself as one of the disciples any longer. He thought of himself as an outcast. As one that was not befitting to, be, to bear the name disciple. So look at what Jesus did. When he rose up, he made sure that Peter received his endorsement back. He says, go and tell my disciples and include Peter also. The denying Peter. The weak Peter. The shy Peter. Get his name involved also. Two more scriptures. Acts 2 and verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues of fire, and it sat on each of them. 
And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. And when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because every man heard them speaking his own language. They were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are, these, are all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Continue. Verse 9. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, dwellers in Mesopotamia, and in Judea, and Cappadocia, in Pontus, and Asia. Next verse. That, and that, and that. Next verse. That, next verse. Verse 12. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Next verse. All that's mocking says, These men were full of new wine. Next verse. But, you see, Judas and Peter did the same thing. The difference was Judas condemned himself. Actually, history says it not so. That Judas did not actually want to betray Jesus. He was interested in the politics. He was interested in the political side of Jesus' announcement. You know that whole, he will sit on the throne as king of the Jews. That's the one that drew Peter and that drew Judas. That's political aspects. So what he did was to give him up, historians have actually said this, was to give him up to be killed, knowing that he's going to save himself, and then now, because of the wonderfulness of his salvation, now be crowned king, so that he can take his right hand and take his place. This was a strategy. He was trying to plot the coup. Everything blew up in his face. He had goofed. He was looking at the money, at the political position. But when he finished goofing, if he had just waited a little, if he had just waited a little, slowed down his rose for a little bit, he would have heard the same angel tell him, go tell my disciples and Peter and Judas. He didn't wait. Because self-exaltation and self-glorification brings you to a point where you are even bigger than God. God tells you, your sins are forgiven. You say, how can be? He tells you, you are the righteousness of God. You say, no, I have to pay for this thing. That's why John Calvin or whoever, you know, after he had just to do penance for what he had done, he broke bottles on streets and started walking on bare knees, you know, and said, Lord, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm sorry, bleeding and crying for sorry. God does not need your blood. Uh-huh. He found the blood. Yes, it's the blood of Christ. Uh-huh. And shout with me, that blood is enough. Uh-huh. But look at Peter. Now he's one of them. But Peter standing up with the eleven, you see, with the other guys, lifted his hand, his voice, and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. 
Shagai, for these are not drunken as you suppose. Seeing is just but the third hour of the day. I can imagine how he's talking that day. But this is that which was spoken of the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last day, says God, that I'll pour my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and dream dreams and see visions and all of that. And he's talking like that. And after his long sermon in verse 41, the Bible says 3,000 people were saved. Saint Peter. Look at chapter 3 and verse 1. That's where we'll close. Chapter 3, verse 1. Let's read together. We want to go. Uh huh. Who, 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 who? Who? His, his name is consistent. Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Next verse. Who seen who? Peter and John, about to go into the temple, asked for alms. Next verse. Read it together. I want to go. Look on us. Next verse. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something from them. Verse 6. And Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. Who is talking? Peter is the one leading the conversation. Such as I have, give I you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. We the people, um, weak, insignificant, broken, frustrated, tired, inconsistent, unstable. Yet, after being filled with the Holy Ghost, becomes a mighty man, full of boldness. If Peter could experience this, you too. Say me too. Say it again. Say me too. Say it one more time. Say me too. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, who is to experience the manifestation? Who is qualified to be used of God? Does your weakness disqualify you? No, I want you to talk back at me. We're done. Does your weakness disqualify you? Does your brokenness disqualify you? Alright? Does your, does your lack disqualify you? Your flaws, do they disqualify you? Peter, what was the difference? The Holy Ghost came. That was the only difference. In fact, sometime in the book of Acts, we still see these inconsistencies coming up here and there, one, you know, here and there, you know. And, and let me tell you, it is because of these same inconsistencies that a person has looked at himself and said, not my kind of person. No, not my kind of person. I can't enjoy fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because I lied yesterday. If that was the thought, Jesus would have not had the Samaritan woman on his mind. She was the only reason why he went through that way. She had six men in her life. She was hoping Jesus would be the seventh. 
So when Jesus came, she actually thought Jesus was checking her. So she was doing that. She was trying, she was trying, to, she was trying to position. And Jesus said, ah, you don't understand. You don't understand. What I came here with is living water. But guess what? Her idiosyncrasies, her personality, her tendencies did not stop her from receiving the very visitation of Jesus himself. Say this after me, nothing disqualifies me. You know the essence of all of the things that you have heard today? It will be of no effect if you don't use it. Go home, use it. You have a body that is not responding. Talk to your body. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Did you all hear me? Jump up to your feet. So let me ask you, who is qualified to experience the manifestations of the Spirit? Who did Jesus die for? Who is qualified to heal the sick? Who is qualified to cast out devils? Hey, look up at me. Who is qualified to cast out devils? Are you saying that boldly? Or are you, are you saying it with one side of your mouth like Peter? Who is qualified to see the experience of the supernatural? You know, in terms of provision. Which one came first? The repentance or the provision? You know, some people tell you, some people tell you that God cannot bless What kind of rubbish? Say this after me. It is the goodness of God that leads me to repentance. Say it again. Say it is the goodness of God that leads me to repentance. Say it one more time. It is the goodness of God that leads me to repentance. Raise those hands, praying the Holy Ghost wherever you are. Thank you for engaging with us in this episode. We trust that your life has been beautified. If you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life through this ministry, Please write to us at hello.blueprintstories.org. You can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Blueprints Church and on Instagram at The Blueprints Church. Cheers.